Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share a word with you. Um, I'm thankful that Pastor Joe gave me this opportunity to share what I believe um, God has placed in my heart. And just thinking about what it is that God wanted me to share, um, I prayed to him and I said, Lord, I just want to share something that's authentic, something that I've experienced in my life. Um, And I believe that the Holy Spirit has met me there in that place of prayer and has given me a word for everyone tonight. Amen. So before we get started, I just want to take this moment to pray. Amen. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that you are here in this place. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here and you have a word for us tonight, Father God. And Lord, I'm just your vessel, Father God, so I just ask you, Lord God, to just pour out your words for your people during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight we're going to talk about what some people may find uncomfortable, because we're talking about the wilderness, the wilderness experiences in our life, and finding beauty in those moments. And I'm sorry, I pray I don't get too emotional. But finding beauty in the wilderness is what we're talking about. I'm sure if we go around here, many of us can really give a testimony of those moments that we experience, whether it's the wilderness experience of a loss or a sorrow, or maybe finding a prognosis from a doctor or financial turmoils. But it may also be a moment of just being still in God's presence and wanting to hear from him and his direction for your life. What is the next step for me, God? Where are you taking me to? And sometimes in the wilderness, it can seem to be a scary thing if we're not aligned to who is with us in the wilderness. Amen. So we're going to talk about two, uh, three different accounts of wilderness experiences. And the focus really is the wilderness experience as a way in which God pastures the sheep, a place of preparation through greater intimacy with God, a place where revelation and transformation takes place. And that's the wilderness that I'm focusing on night that I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to really focus on is what is in the now and that's his presence with us and what he wants to reveal to us in those moments. The wilderness defined in, the, in Webster's Dictionary is stated as a track or region uncultivated and uninhabited by human beings, a part of a garden devoted to wild growth. And that term, that, that whole sentence, a part of a garden devoted to wild growth really, really, truly stuck with me because when I think about my own wilderness experiences, I find that that was my moment of true growth in my relationship with God. I really came to know who it was that was with me and sought me through in those moments. And so I just want you to kind of 
keep that term, keep that that definition in the background as we continue on. The Hebrew term for wilderness, most commonly found in the Old Testament, is called midbar, meaning desert tracts of land used for pasturage of flocks and herds. And that also stuck to me as well when we think about the wilderness. I never really think about a place where shepherds would bring their flock to pasture and to feed them. When I was thinking about this, I went and I wanted to dive a little bit more into studying what this really means and how could this be possible that we could feed a shepherd could feed their flock in the wilderness. And it was interesting to note that in this particular region of the world and depending on the seasons, it was just enough in that moment to feed them for that day. And that's that pretty that was pretty amazing to hear that. So each day when they would go out to the to um, shepherd, the shepherds would go out to tend their flock. It was for that particular moment. It wasn't for tomorrow. It wasn't from a year from now. It was for that moment and that season. And that's something that we can really learn from when we think about the great shepherd, the good shepherd, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who shepherds us. Amen. So there's three accounts of the wilderness that I really want to focus on tonight. One is a wilderness experience of Moses, the wilderness experience of the Israelites, and the wilderness experience that Jesus faced. And I know that this can seem very complex and broad, especially when we think about the whole the whole Exodus story. But the one theme I'm primarily focusing on is that one very component that was constant to it all. So we all know the story about Moses, and if we haven't, maybe growing up in Sunday school, you probably heard some stories about the story of Moses. Or if you ever watched one of my favorite movies ever, Prince of Egypt, it talks about that the whole story. Um, and I love the music, obviously, and and the um, and the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. But going forward, past um, him growing up under the Egyptian rule, he recognized the injustice that many of the Hebrews, the Israelites, were facing, his own people. And as a result, he took matters into his own hands in one instance, and he um, killed an Egyptian who was um, really abusing uh, an Israelite. Um, as a result, he fled because he thought Pharaoh would find out, and indeed he did. He fled into a land called Midian, and it's interesting to note that Moses, he, he ended up meeting a priest and he ended up getting married to one of his daughters, but he ended up going into the role of a shepherd while he was under that family. And his first encounter that's noted with God is in the wilderness as he's shepherding his flock. So I want to read that scripture and if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus 3, and it's, it's lengthy, but we're here to dive into the word, amen? So it's Exodus 3, 1 through 12, and it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire, from the middle of a bush, Moses stared in amazement. 
Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I, before, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel the people of Israel out of Egypt. God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. There's so much in this text that we see. One we see is that the wilderness can be a place of encounter with God. It's a place where Moses received specific instruction because he searched for him. He turned his head to look at him, and God received that, and God gave him instruction on what he should do next with freeing the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. The other thing that we can see is that God says, when, when this happens, you will come back and worship me here. And sometimes we may not really consider the wilderness being a place of worship. But when we, when we truly seek God in the most intimate way, and I must say that one of the, the, the biggest encounters and worship experience of, experiences I have had were moments where I had to lay literally on my floor crying out to God. And in those moments is when he gave me peace, in those moments, he gave me direction, and it was a turn. It was a, a turn. A, um, it was, I was transformed in my heart, and I aligned my heart to his. And in doing so, my faith, it was an increase of my faith because I knew who the God that I, who, who this God that I'm serving, I'm, it's, who is this God that I worship and I sing to? It's this very God who continues to see me through from each moment, each, each trial, each, each situation that I may not feel, how can I get through? God continues to see us through. Amen. A lot of times we may, we may be just like Moses to ask God, you're telling me that you want me to go to the Egyptian ruler and tell him to let these people who he has in slavery free me? Uh, how can I be capable of that? 
But I want to tell you, church, every one of you are capable to fulfill the calling of God on your life. You are capable. He has chosen you. He's given us all the commission to go out and make disciples and reach the lost and restore the broken and instill hope and heal, heal all people. He's given us that commission. And we can, because if we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Amen. So this is just, I mean, this is the natural thing that happens when we um, encounter, okay, God gives us instruction. And then we really think about ourselves as God really is. Can it really be me? But it's not really you. It's not your might, not your power, but his spirit inside of you that is doing those things that are, that is fulfilling the calling that he has. And we have to constantly remind ourselves of that. So Moses being led into the wilderness gave him the opportunity to have an encounter with God. And it allowed him to receive instruction from God, which started the journey of the Israelites being set out of bondage and on their way to the land promised to them. God had a specific plan of action for the Israelites escape from slavery. And sometimes in our own mind, we may really, we can't make sense of it. When we're going through a season when we're like, God, I really can't make sense of this. Uh, not too long ago, Pastor Mike came back briefly from his training at Hillsong. And remember, he was talking about, as, you know, he sold all his possessions, picked up his family because God gave him a calling on his life. And he stepped out in faith in an unfamiliar, in an unfamiliar land. And that may have been his moment where he, quite, he was like, God, really? I think he even mentioned in his hotel room, he was asking, did I really do the right thing? And look at the calling of God on his life. And God's not even finished with him yet. This is just the beginning for what he has for him. And I'm sure many of us have the same experience, or we may be going through that right now. God, I'm in the middle of this. I made the, you spoke to me, and I'm trusting you, and it doesn't make sense. And sometimes in our natural lives, we can't comprehend what God's plans are. But we can trust him by faith because we know the God that we serve. And so that's really what I think God really wants us to focus on, is do we really trust him? It's not about us making sense of it all. It's about us first saying, God, I trust you. Whatever you bring at me, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight, and I'm just going to trust you through it all. Moses continued to seek God for every direction, for direction every step of the way. Moses received revelation and instruction from God as he worshiped God through fasting and prayer. And that's a, that's a huge thing. In the wilderness, um, if you read through the, um, the whole story of the Exodus, the wilderness experience among the Israelites, you know, Moses had to be close to God for him to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And he had to deal with all different kind of Israelites, right? All different kind of personalities, um, all, you know, these were all different families, all different people who were, yeah, they were Israelites, but there are a lot of Israelites there. They said that they, they multiplied and I, that's what intimidated Pharaoh, right? So, I mean, just thinking about Moses, he needed to be as close to God as he could. So he fasted and prayed. And prayer is so powerful and fasting too. It may seem like it's a vulnerable thing and like, oh, I couldn't do it. But again, it's not by your might, not by your power, but by his spirit. And he empowers us through it all. And so just thinking about that in the context of Moses continuing to seek, seek refuge and actually get away from the Israelites at some point and just go and encounter God. 
And there's one point I want to make with this story with Moses specifically is that he continued to seek the presence of God and that the presence was God the presence of God was always there. And that is the beauty is that the presence of God was there among Moses was there among the Israelites was there with Jesus in the wilderness and with us now. So if we go to the story of the Israelites, and we're gonna, I'm going to briefly condense this, but um, God hears the Israelites cry as they're in bondage, and he makes a promise. He hears their cry. That's another point, too. God hears our cry. He hears our moaning, and, he, and he's already making, he already has a plan for us. And it says here that he heard their cry and makes a promise that they will be set free from slavery from the Egyptians' rule. Not only were they free, set free, but they didn't leave empty-handed. In the Bible, it says that he actually softened some of the hearts of the Israelites, and they were giving them gold and silver and possessions. So they were not only walking across the Red Sea by themselves, but they were hooked up, and they, so for them, down the road, they were already provided for, and that's the favor of God. It said God fulfilled his promise of deliverance by splitting the Red Sea. As the Israelites continue on their journey through the wilderness, God was with them. God dwelt among his people. In the form, I mean, literally, I, that he hovered over them like a cloud by day and fire by night. And he even instructed them to build an ark because he wanted to be encamped. And wherever he told them to go, when he moved, they moved. When he stayed, they stayed. Do we do that? When God tells us to move, do we move? Maybe God's speaking to you tonight, and just like I, years ago, I kind of took, I I put my um, desire to worship in a, a little container, and I stuffed it, and for years I would go to church, and I would just cry because I knew what God wanted me to do. But I was so, I had heartbreak because of past experiences. And I had doubt, am I really capable of even doing that? Because based off of what other people said, not what God said. Is that something that you've experienced? Where you're, you know God has a calling for you, but are you real? Are you stepping out in faith and walking and, and saying, God, I will follow you? That's just something that I would encourage you to search your heart tonight about. Amen. It says, the journey was not absent of questioning God for provision. And of course, you know, sometimes we get, we're set free from bondage, right? But we forget about those things. Sometimes we forget about the things that God delivers us from. And just like the Israelites, they forgot. It seemed like they, did you not just realize that Jesus split the Red Sea for you to walk through and he freed you from bondage of slavery? And they were actually questioning, was God really there with him, with them during this whole time um, in the wilderness? They questioned God. They were asked, they said, God, I'm hungry. Okay. God provided manna for them every day. They didn't have to store it up because actually, when they stored it up, it turned into maggots, and that's pretty gross. God provided food for them that day. When they were thirsty, God provided water for them. 
Do we really recall the moments in our life day to day where God provided for us? Do we really think about that? Are we so focused on getting to the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the land of abundance? Are we not focusing on the here and now and his goodness right now in our life? Are we not reminded about his faithfulness and what he's brought us through? Sometimes I have to go back and I have to, I don't want to go back and look about those things, but I'm not looking about those things. I'm looking about what he's done in my life. He set me free. He rescued me. He protected me. And I have to stir my, my own self up and remembering this is the God that I serve. I'm sure there's people here who have a story about when the hand of God, God was on their life. When you really didn't know how you were going to wake up the next morning or where you were so terrified about the, the circumstances around you, whether it's abuse, whether it's trauma, whether it's lack. There may be people here who didn't even know how, where they were going to lay their head down at night at some point. And God showed up in the nick of time and provided a way for us. And we have to continue to stir ourselves up. This is the God that we worship. We have to continue to stir ourselves up. And remember, just like with Moses, just like with the Israelites, God was there. He had a purpose and a plan. And he saw it through. The story of Jesus is another example of the wilderness experience. And this is one I, I want us to really focus on because it's the greatest example of how to truly endure the wilderness experience. After Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the Spirit of God settled on Jesus. He then is led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted and prayed for 40 days and nights. At this time, the devil tempts Jesus. It's important to note that, as, as we note here, after Jesus was baptized, it said the Spirit of God settled on Jesus. So even Jesus, who is God, it's like a, a trip, you know, Jesus, there's the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and all at that one time, it, it's all connected. And so I want to read from Matthew 3, 16 through 17. And we're going to go down from that to Matthew 4, 1 through 11. So just bear with me. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, who I love, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus, says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus didn't go into the wilderness by himself. It says that the Spirit land, landed on him, dwelt on him, and then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he's not alone. Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Now imagine that power. In, those, in that moment. It says he was hungry. The temper came to him, and the temper came to him, if you are, and said, if you are the son of God, tell those stones to become bread. 
Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hand so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord God, your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And that all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. This whole account is so powerful because when we naturally look at it, we're not, we're looking at it in at, at, like the wilderness, but we're not, do we really recognize that the spirit of God is, is the spirit of truth? Do we recognize that the enemy, there's no way the enemy could have won in this situation. God, who is Jesus, spoke the word of God, which they say in in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He spoke the word of God by faith, and not the, the enemy had to flee. And that's a great example for us. What are we going through? What is our wilderness experience now? Are we speaking the word of God, or are we panicking? Are we worrying ourselves? Are we giving in to temptation, not recognizing that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, who gives us power to speak against these acts, to speak against the temptation of the enemy? Do we really, really, truly believe the word of God? I would encourage you, and this is just for myself as well, let's armor ourselves up with the word of God. When we are going through these situations, that was, that was it really. God, Jesus, the enemy tempted him, God, Jesus, by the power, his power, through the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, spoke the word of God and truth and authority, and that was it. Just thinking about that in our life, how often are we still going through the same routine, just like the Israelites? We're in the, same, the wilderness. Like, are we going to be in the wilderness for 40 years dealing with trials and tribulation and temptations? Are we going to stand on the authority of God's word, standing by the power of his spirit inside of us, to speak against these things, the promises of God, to speak the promises of God into our life and believing it by faith. That's what I'm, I want us to just show ourselves up with tonight, to just remember, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, he didn't leave you alone. He left you with the helper, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. The enemy could not withstand the power of the spirit and the power of the word. The enemy tried to tempt Jesus with what seemed in the natural as a real need and tried to cast doubt in Jesus' faith in the power of God, but the works of the enemy did not prevail and it shall not prevail. Although Jesus was hungry naturally, he was empowered by the spirit of God to overcome temptation as he spoke and believed by faith the authority of God's word. 
Jesus was faced with vulnerability. However, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the moments of his weakness, he overcame the temptation of the enemy. The enemy had no choice but to flee. And this was just the beginning of Jesus's ministry on earth and an example for all of us as Christians to learn and to model. It says that after this wilderness experience, Jesus returned back to Galilee with Galilee with the power of the Spirit. So in this context, we learn that the wilderness experience was also a place of preparation for him. Just like with Moses, a place for preparation to fulfill the calling that God had to fulfill his ministry. For many of you here, maybe you are in a wilderness experience and it's a preparation. And maybe you're not even realizing that right now. It's time to realign our minds and our thoughts to what, what the word of God says. And let's get prepared for what God has for us. I want to read Luke 4, 16 through 19, and then we'll go down to verse 21. It says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And if we go down to verse 21, he states, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he's telling them, Right now, this scripture is, is fulfilled. The enemy tried to tempt Jesus at what he saw was his weakest point, but we remember that during this time, Jesus fasted and prayed. We must remember that there's power in prayer. There is power when we pray in the spirit, and there is power when we believe and declare what the word of God says. John 16, 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whoever he, he, whoever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That's the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth will tell you things to come, but are we listening? First Corinthians 19 says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy spirit. The spirit of truth dwells in each person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. The question is, do we truly believe what the Word of God says? The Word of God is the bread of life, and Jesus knew this truth. So when it says he was hungry, maybe in a natural, but he was equipped with the Word of God, and that sustained him and gave him power. So what are the similarities of these three accounts? It's really the faithfulness of God. God was in the midst of each experience. God used the wilderness as a place of encounter, a place of pasturing, of preparation and testing, a place of supernatural growth. The beauty that lies in a wilderness is the presence of God. 
It says that in the Bible that when Moses encountered the presence of God, his face was radiant. You know, the more we have, the more we um, really pursue and, and choose to grow in our relationship with God, certain things start, starts to change in us. We don't even realize the light that shines through us. Some people may even come to you and say, um, I want to know what are you doing and who, what's going on with you because you're not how you were when you were in bondage because I've been transformed and I've been set free. And the light of Jesus, the light of the Spirit shines through me. There's an old little song we used to sing back, I'm sure, I don't know if anybody knows it, this little light of mine, right? I'm going to let it shine. As Christians, do we truly allow the light to shine through us? Are we recognizing the light that's within us? I would challenge you to seek a relationship with the Holy Spirit if you're a believer in Christ Jesus. And God is, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't leave us alone. He left us with a helper. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever season you may be in your life, God knows it. He's there. He was in the beginning. He's in the end. And he has it all planned out. We can't figure it out, but he does. But do we truly trust him? Are we, are we just saying, God, I'm going to walk in faith. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to trust you. I know the plans you have for me, the plans for a hope and a future. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will, per will personally go ahead of you. He will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor abandon you. God's not done with you. He hasn't abandoned you. You may be right. You're right where you need to be. And if you're not right in that, he's, he's transforming you if you open your heart and allow him to. Maybe you're here and you're believing God for something. God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. Don't let the enemy put doubt in your head for the calling he has over your life. He's a liar. He's the king of all lies, but we have the spirit of truth inside of us. The enemy is a liar. Jesus has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. You're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. John 14, 12 through 14 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same work I have done, and even greater work, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Let's remember and remind ourselves what the Word of God says, and let's remind him what he says in his Word. Let us allow God to prepare and transform us as we step into the calling over our lives. Each one of us has a calling, has a purpose, has a destiny that God has for you. Just walk in it. Have faith. We may not have it all figured out, but the more you seek a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he will reveal all his plans. And sometimes we may not be ready yet to hear all his plans. 
And that may be a good thing. So steward the season you're in right now until he gives you more instruction on what's to come. Let us allow God to prepare and transform us as we step into the calling. Let us like sheep find rest in his presence, knowing that he is the great shepherd. Going back into the whole wilderness experience, you know, God is leading us just like shepherds are leading their sheep into the wilderness. God knows just exactly what you need each and every moment of each and every day. There may be somebody, some people here who is wondering, who is this Jesus? Who's this God that he's talking about? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Maybe you're here, and maybe you have found yourself that you've drifted from God. Maybe you feel like you're in a spiritual dry season. I say the bread, the breath of life is within you. Come forth and step into the calling that God has for you. Luke 15.4 says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? God is searching. God is looking for you. And if you're here, this is the perfect time to just get back into fellowship with God. God is in the restoration business. He wants to transform our life so that we can fulfill the calling God has for each of us to reach the lost, restore, the, restore hope, and to make disciples among the nations. That's what our calling is, truly. And I believe it's time for us to really walk in it. I'm going to close with this, and it's Romans 8.18. It says, I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. That's really, truly the beauty of the wilderness the presence of Almighty God living and breathing among us and within us and who loves us unconditionally. Would, we, would you please bow your head and close your eyes? Let us just repeat this prayer with every head lowered and eyes closed, every head bowed. Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, come into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for making me a child of God. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.